we do. You every single Saturday on these airwaves. My name's Casey Steve, Citizen Watch, the voice of your valley. Mercedes News Talk Station 107.3 FM, 1480 AM. Come on. That's you, Merced. Winton. Atwater. And all of the little communities up and down the 99 corridor. That's right. Talking to you. Hey, here we are, Saturday, April 23rd, 2022. That's right, some new content here for you in the big city. Oh, we got to get ready to go out. You know, I have some good songs on this CD. No, not that one. Anyway, uh, here we are, Saturday morning, the 6 a.m. hour. It's early. It's early. I don't think we have any rain today. <laughs> well, what was going on? Oh, here we go. Anyway, uh, I don't know what was going on with the rain last week. Kind of unexpected to me. Of course, I don't follow the weather. It seems like we're getting into summer. But uh, much appreciated, except if you're doing that weed abatement. You know, this fire department has already sent out the nasty grams uh, to get those lots cleared. And this uh, this recent storm, I'll tell you, depending on what cloud you were under, uh, there was some pretty good rainfall. It seems like our friends in Atwater didn't seem to get the precipitation that we did here in Merced, and some of our friends on the west side talking to some uh, ag folks out there on the west side. I guess one guy planted cotton. Next thing you know, an inch and a half in a couple hours. Looked like a lake. I don't know if that's good for the cotton, but uh, I didn't even know we had cotton in Merced County anymore. But uh, anyway, it's just uh, amazing what cloud you were under, depending on how much rain you got. All of it's appreciated, of course. As you know, water is a huge deal. We had talked about maybe getting uh, Merced Irrigation District in. Unfortunately, they are busy this month. Hopefully, maybe coming in in May. Uh, trying to get some uh, statistics, things together. I have a feeling things are happening over there. And they want to be, uh, you know, the latest and greatest information coming up. So we're going to uh, bring them to you when they are available. We're kind of at we're kind of at the mercy of MID over there. As, as, as a lot of people are, I wanted to, uh, you know, folks may not realize the governor, Governor Newsom, I don't have that here with me. I thought I did, signed in a uh, new well drilling moratorium the end of last month again in response to the drought this is uh, coupled with several other three or four other executive orders if you will that uh, he's issued in regards to water conservation uh, sigma the groundwater sustainability agencies the basins the different things going on uh, just the the uh, blush it's a six-page document i've read it uh, the blush is if you have a domestic well getting harder and harder, our ag well, harder and harder to drill those in light of the drought. Again, the executive orders are just that. I don't know how long they'll last or if they'll ever be challenged. Difficult to do that in times of drought. But anyway, this is where we are, and so we did get some precipitation. Uh, cooler weather supposed to be heating up. You know, the Los Banos Spring Fair, excuse me, uh, Merced County Spring Fair. It's not it's not just because it's in Las Banas, but uh, that's where it happens to be. The Merced County Spring Fair, they used to call it the May Day Fair. This is the original Merced County Fair, if you will. 
this is where the Merced Board of Supervisors appoints the directors, whereas the fair we have here in Merced is the, uh, well, really the state fair, if you will. It's uh, Directors are appointed by the state. So this is the original Merced County Spring Fair coming up April 27th through May 1st. That's why they used to call it the May Day Fair, I guess. Anyway, uh, they don't call it that anymore, but a lot of people do. A lot of the old-timers do over there. We have here at Citizen Watch, they were gracious. Every once in a while, they remember uh, that we're back here in the back of the building, and we have some swag for the Merced County Spring Fair. One day passes, uh, valued at $12, not for resale, must be surrendered at the gate. They've been nice enough to give me uh, four family packs. Uh, That's four times four. That's almost 20. And uh, again, if you are interested in that, you need to send me an email. Now, today's Saturday, the 23rd, and we can get these out to you in the mail today if you send it quick. And the email address is Casey, C-A-S-E-Y dot Steed, S-T-E-E-D, at smgnational.com. And SMG is Sam, Mary, George. SMG National, all one word, dot com. Casey dot Steed. you got to put that dot in there. I guess that's where they know. That's how it knows where to go. And we'll get you out in the mail uh, four tickets per respondent. Or if only one person responds, maybe you'll get all 16. No, I'm teasing. Hopefully, we can get four people that want to go to the Merced County, the 2022 Merced County Spring Fair. And again, we're always excited when the fair comes because that means fun, fun, fun. Uh, Well, hopefully not too much in the sun. You know, the reason I started talking about that is the weather. They anticipate uh, 90s the start of the week. But by the time the fair gets there, hopefully on the 27th, it's going to be very cool. So the weather this time of year really, really has gone up and down. We had some really hot weather and then uh, very cool last week. Very nice and again, uh, weed abatement. Don't want to have a note down here. Weed abatement, rain, big, big, big uh, deal. So keep on top of them. If you got to mow down, stay on top of it. If you haven't started, get out there uh, once it starts going down. Let's see. I wanted to talk about the Merced City Council meeting that went on last Monday night. A lot of interesting things uh, that uh, happened. We didn't get a chance to talk about it during our show last week. Usually we cover the agenda, but uh, unfortunately we were busy. Well, not unfortunately, but we had other things to talk about in our time together. And again, if you're ever wanting to catch those old shows, you can go to 1480kyos.com. There they all are. They're the uh, banner up top. I think it says podcast, something like that. You can listen to it at your leisure along with Roger Wood Community Conversations, which comes on after this show today. Six great episodes. You don't want to miss that every week. Roger doing a great job coming in here. Rogelio Wood, and also our number one reporter during the news. It's amazing how that works out here in the magic of radio. But last week, uh, the 18th, there was a city council meeting. Everybody was there. Let me turn to my notes here because I make copious notes. All were all were there except Bertha Perez, not even attending via Zoom. Zoom, 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 which she has, she has done in uh, previous meetings. As you know, they finally have given up the uh, state of emergency, the COVID uh, state of emergency over there. But uh, Bertha is still not uh, appearing 
uh, on the on the dais, but uh, or or via Zoom. Uh, no no explanation given. So they were a six member board, uh, which worked out pretty good. Uh, what they did the pledge of allegiance again. Uh, Councilman Ornalis just kind of a, you know standing there, uh, not really uh, understanding. Like, I don't know why we why we do the pledge. And then uh, they had to go. They had to go back into closed session. They came out of closed session. Nothing to report, but uh, they were going back into closed session. There were some uh, items, public employee and appointments, uh, also the city attorney, which something they were wrestling with. Uh, there was a public speaker talked about. Please don't pick uh, Churchill White or whatever the new firm. Uh, white something, I forget, uh, had kind of been around the block here in the Valley. This particular law firm, Atwater, had an experience with them. Ceres, uh, City of Dixon. I think Turlock was the last one to get rid of them. And this individual uh, that stood up at the council meeting, very well-spoken, and talked about why uh, you may not want to go with Church- Churchill White as your uh, city attorney. So, uh, I don't know what they eventually did with that. I guess we'll find out. They also had some anticipated uh, litigation. So, they had to go back into closed session. But they came out. There was a proclamation right off the bat, which kind of got my attention, which was Arbor Day. Now, Arbor Day refers to trees. And uh, as we used to be called, Tree City USA, I think we still have that designation. And again, I don't fault the, the workers out there in the field, the Parks and Rec guys, the uh, contract arborists, the people that we uh, contract. It's really the leadership of why our trees have gotten so bad here in this city over the years, deciding not to water them, especially during this time of drought, last five, six, seven years. Uh, We had a lot of trees that were donated to the city at one time by a very prominent individual, and they were all, unfortunately, allowed to die, never planted and as you know, it doesn't take much driving around the city to see where the trees have, have been felled uh, recently. Uh, every block seems to have one or two diseased trees that are taken out every three or four months. And uh, the wood stacked up allowed, I don't know who takes it, the homeless to make their campfires under the bridges. I don't know. But the, uh, the point being is there's a lot of Modesto ash that aren't doing well around here, especially with the drought condition. So for the proclamation of Arbor Day, it was a little ironic, and I hope that the city uh, continues their efforts in their reforestation of uh, trees. There was an interesting comment about the proposed uh, gallow development out there by the lake and uh, what they would like to, this person would like to see a forest of redwoods out there uh, on the hilltops in some of the open land. As you know, that was over 1,100 acres around just over a thousand acres, I think. Not quite sure if it approached eleven hundred and four, four or five hundred uh, in preserve. So again, Arbor Day, uh, great, great idea, great concept. Used to be practiced a little more, uh, a little more around here, but uh, not so much. Then uh, let's see, volunteers. They went by district, and the mayor gave out uh, a, a overall volunteer of the year award. That was pretty, pretty interesting. Then they uh, had a presentation. Very, very interesting. Presentation by the Merced County Sheriff's Department on the Trap and Release Program. And this is for specifically cats. Not so much dogs, but cats. And uh, we call them the, uh, it's called the Community Cat Program. 
Now these are not feral cats. No, no, no. These are uh, these are these are community cats, and uh, you know these uh, these uh, I guess feral infers uh, you know contemptible, unruly, misbehaved. And uh, from what I gathered, it's some of the people that feed these feral cats that uh, more fit the description, specifically uh, in a medical complex over on Collins Drive that came out during some of the public comment, had uh, 45, 50 cats running around. And these people, these good, uh, I I think they're well-intentioned, but again, uh, sometimes it gets a little out of hand, almost like, well, I hate to compare it, but the homeless, you know, you, uh, you... Go out and uh, have all these programs that uh, make you feel good, and it just attracts more of a clientele. And these uh, folks that feed cats, uh, specifically in the uh, area of this medical building, uh, somewhat unruly, somewhat misbehaved, and somewhat contemptible in their actions when confronted by the people that have made the investment not only in the medical building, but bringing medical personnel here to practice in an underserved area of Merced. Really interesting, the nexus between trap and release, community cats, and medical care on Collins Drive here in Merced, California, brought up at the city council meeting. So the uh, rub is that uh, some folks are not happy with the trap and release. They think it's heavy-handed. Again, some of these cats uh, don't make it through the vetting process. If they're too old, too young, or uh, sickly, uh, they're off to the, well, I don't know, but... uh, uh, they're not re-released into the community, and not a lot of money is spent on uh, medical procedures. I guess the ones you can tell that have been uh, through the system, they uh, take the top of the ear off. I don't know if it's the right or left as you face or as old one-eyes leaving the door, but basically that's how you tell if these cats have been through, quote-unquote, the program. Oh, my word. Can you believe how quickly the time goes? We're... Uh Going out of the first segment, we're going to uh, come back right into the city council meeting talking about the new one-way designation on M Street. They're going to, they decided they're going to stick with it, but here's the rub. They're going to change it. <laughs> the final plan is going to go the other way. That's right. It's going to go uh, east to west instead of west to east. Uh, they, they maybe wanted to try that first, but uh, they're going to they're gonna try it in, uh, well, the final plan. We'll be back. Citizen Watch. My name's Casey Steed, the voice of your Valley Merced's News Talk 107.3 FM. 1480 AM KYOS. We'll be back. Saturday morning, 6 a.m. Man, it's early. April 23rd, 2022. My name's Casey Steve, the voice of your valley. Merced's News Talk Station, 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. Citizen Watch, that's right, new content. Hey, covering the city council meeting. Happened last uh, Monday, the 18th. Uh, They talked about the uh, one-way downtown and changing and let's go right into the presentation by michael beltran our city engineers he kind of stumbles through the presentation uh giving it to the giving it to the council and some questions back and forth from the council members and uh, i believe the public here we go bicycle committee we're going to end up with the bicycle commission 
member, not the official commission, but the member just uh, weighing in. Here we go. Beltran. Council members, um, so uh, we wanted to uh, give you an update on the one-way uh, traffic analysis and the parking as far as downtown was concerned. Little background, uh, December 2020, uh, City Council provided us direction to implement a pilot program uh, for the downtown corridor from M to uh, K Streets and Canal from 18th to 19th. Uh, in May of 2021, uh, after plans and, and such were done, we uh, we implemented that plan. And uh, in August of 2021, uh, the City Council did approve uh, an agreement with JLB Traffic Engineering to, to perform a traffic analysis and parking study, uh, which included about uh, 18 different intersections in the downtown core area um, and and all the parking, all of that type of stuff was included was included in that agreement. So the community response. Um, in May, June of 2021, uh, there were there were definitely mixed reviews. Um, it, this is something this was something new for our community. Um, but I think as you saw time go on, uh, predominantly those those reviews became very positive. Um, they became positive from business owners. They became positive from residents. Um, it took some getting used to. It really did. Uh, that's not to say that there hasn't been some negative reviews. I mean, that's the, that's just the nature of the beast. And um, but I, I would definitely say that for the most part, uh, feedback has been uh, overwhelmingly positive. So um, a brief uh, thing on the on the recommendations as provided by JLB Traffic Engineering. Um, so we're looking at a one way Main Street from now MLK Martin Luther King Jr. Way to O Street. Uh, traffic will flow in the westbound direction. Uh, so that's opposite of what it actually flows now. Now, just a little background on that. <clears throat> when we when we were initially implementing the one-way pilot program, um, we did want traffic to get to Main Street, and we thought the best way for that was to happen uh, was to come off of M Street and, and go down Main Street. Now, you look at this recommendation of reversing that flow. Remember, as you move through downtown, you have the theaters, both uh, the Old Merced Theater, uh, you have Main Place Theater, and all of those actually are facing for e uh, for westbound traffic, not for eastbound traffic. So as you approach, if you approach any of the theaters right now in the eastbound direction, you're actually kind of looking at the side of their of their marquees, not not directly head on to their marquees. Um, so that that was those were those were some considerations taken into account as as we looked at the the one way from MLK to O. Uh, there will be traffic signal modifications uh, if if we do all of this. Obviously, there are traffic lights that are just covered right now. Um, we we definitely don't want to leave those covered. We want to actually take those signals down and and make sure that all the traffic is flowing in in the proper uh, directions with proper timings and all of that stuff as we move as we move traffic through downtown. The other thing that was that came out of the study was a queuing analysis. So when they when JLB analyzed all the intersections, they took traffic counts, they did all all kinds of analysis. Um, and this was their traffic counts were taken before the Caltrans uh, construction started. So we actually got really true counts um, with with the uh, traffic downtown. 
So in a lot of the intersections, they've, they, they've recommended that we lengthen the queue lengths of, say, a left-hand turn lane, maybe taking it from 50 feet to 75 feet. This just allows for some additional stacking distance, um, allows us to move traffic through. That way, on through places uh, such as 18th and M, you know, more traffic can fit into the left-hand turn lane instead of stacking back up onto M Street and, and blocking traffic in the through lanes. So the existing traffic flow right now, uh, it's the arrows are, are a little small, um, but right now the traffic does flow in the eastbound direction. Um, it does show you've got uh, four lanes of traffic from MLK all the way to G Street on Main Street, and you also have it from O Street to R Street. So those, those arrows in the next one, so we'll actually turn into two lanes. So we're actually going from four lanes uh, to two lanes on two portions of Main Street, and that's so that we can add some additional diagonal parking. Uh, the flow is now reversed. So you'll see that the one way flows from Martin Luther King Jr. Way uh, to O Street. So parking. Um, Big thing is is parking. Um, we wanted to make sure that we're going to gain parking stalls throughout this. Uh, we know that when we implemented the pilot program, we gained 29 stalls, uh, which I think have been more than utilized. Um, I think every time we walk downtown, uh, doesn't matter if it's lunchtime, dinner time, th those spots are always taken up. So I, I think that the in the grand scheme what we were looking to implement has worked out really, really well. Um, so right now, uh, there's 93 existing stalls uh, from O Street to MLK. Um, that will go up to a minimum of 120 proposed stalls. So the reason I say minimum is because there are some adjustments. Right now, for instance, stalls are about 15 foot wide in this model. Um, we're actually looking at shrinking those a little bit to gain us some more parking. Right now on Main Street, our stalls are about 12 foot wide. So if we can shorten stalls up, then we can obviously gain parking stalls. So that's something that we will be looking at. ADA stalls, ADA stalls have certain requirements, certain widths that we have to abide by. Um, and so those stalls will stay at their legal limit uh, just because that, that's, what, what, that's what has to happen with ADA stalls. And we will be providing those as we move through uh, the study. I can interrupt you real quick. Yes. 93 including the uh, added 28 or 29? Yes. So we there are 93 current stalls right now in its current formation, um, and it will go to 120. So that's including the 29 stalls we've already added. 29 plus another 27. Correct. So Main Street uh, in where we'll call the two-way directional traffic, uh, this is where we're going to shrink down from four lanes to two lanes. Um, we'll, we'll actually go from 63 existing stalls to 75 existing stalls. Uh, so a lot of these, this, this picture, you know, kind of signifies what, what the challenge is when we get near driveways and things of that sort. When we get near driveways, we have to make sure that we have proper spacing, we have proper sight distances, all of those types of things so that people can exit driveways safely as, as, they, as they traverse downtown. So you will see that um, as we move through these, there's, there's actually uh, K Street right here where they've recommended no parallel or no diagonal parking. And that's simply because we'd actually lose stalls for the most part because of how many driveways and where they're spaced. So 
right here, we're, we're proposing to actually keep uh, parallel parking on K Street uh, from 18th to 19th. Um, Canal Street, we're actually going to go diagonal on both sides. Um, which is going to gain us about six stalls minimum. Uh, again, we're, we're looking at that so that we can gain even more than that in, in that downtown area. Uh, one, one of them that you won't see on here is going to be 18th Street. Uh, 18th Street, we're actually going from MLK to O also. Um, it'll still be two-way. We'll take out the, the uh, center two-way left-hand turn lane, and we'll, we'll go from about uh, 89 stalls, uh, and we'll, we'll increase by about 29 stalls on 18th Street. So um, that does include that there's some red curbing that's going to need to be taken out by the city. Um, if that is, if that red curbing is not put in for some safety reason or, or, or something like that, we can do that. If we have to leave all the red curbing in, then we actually only gain about 11 stalls. So this is something uh, that is, would also be unique to our, to our community. Um, it would be something that would be very new to us, uh, but that's an all-way pedestrian crossing. Uh, it, it's also called a pedestrian scramble. So essentially, we'd, we're looking at this at the intersection of Main and M. Uh, now, during a pedestrian scramble, obviously all traffic stops in all directions. Uh, pedestrians can cross whichever way they want to cross. They can cross diagonally, they can cross directly across the street, they can do circles as they're crossing, doesn't matter, they can do whatever they want. So that is something that, that we are proposing and that we are seeking your direction on. It is something new for the city. Um, we don't have anything like this, but um, it's something as we look to make downtown more pedestrian friendly, that this could be, this could be a great idea idea to implement. So in summary, Main Street, one way from MLK to O Street in the westbound direction. There will be modifications of the signals along Main Street. Uh, we will alter queue lengths at some intersections. Uh, we're looking at an all-way pedestrian cross or a ped scramble at M and Main. Uh, and then there'll be a minimum of 96 additional parking stalls at an estimated cost of about $1 million. Mr. Winley. Briefly, thank you. I advocate only for not taking too much space away from the width of the uh, parking spaces. Uh, I'm advocating on behalf of all the old people who are not using handicap placards. Thank you. Yeah, good evening. I'm Lisa Kaiser Grant. I live in Merced. Um, I'm a member of the Merced Bicycle Coalition as well as the City of Merced um, Bicycle Advisory, Bicycle Pedestrian Advisory Commission. However, tonight I'm not speaking on behalf of those two organizations, but just myself. Um, you probably have heard from the Bicycle Advisory Commission um, some of their input through the minutes already, and there will be more. Um, I would just like to note that the change to diagonal parking has actually reduced the quality of the experience for pedestrians and bicyclists downtown. Uh, the increased density in parking has is subjecting people that are walking and dining on the sidewalks to more noise and more exhaust. And bicyclists have lost parking, bike parking, and now we're also subject to the risks of um, being backed into by people backing out of the parking places blindly. Uh, I think, you, you, as you know, it's a considerably greater risk to a bicyclist than to a car if you have a fender bender in that situation. Um, what I would like to ask is that you ensure that the plans that you're making are going to mitigate these impacts. And also, uh, I'd like to see it spelled out in the plans how you're going to be meeting your, um, your general plan complete streets goals. 
um, complete streets means that you um, provide safe and accessible forms of transportation for all users of your streets when you're making these plans and changes, including bicyclists, pedestrians, uh, including for transit, and including for people using um, assisted mobility devices when for handicapped. Um, some of the ideas I'd like you to consider are um, a no idling ordinance. We've recently experienced that as we eat downtown. It's pretty nasty to have the idling cars making exhaust. Um, increase the, um, the bike parking while you're increasing parking for cars. Include the handicapped spaces. Right now we have lost a bike corral along there and it looks like if you continue in that plan we'll lose more. We need to preserve those spaces and also add um, covered bicycle parking and secure bicycle parking in the form of bike lockers which will reduce the chances of having your bike stolen, uh, particularly that's important for employees downtown. Uh, I think that you should keep and expand the possibility for the um, vice, for the parking places that have been converted to outdoor seating. I think that's a, um, a valuable benefit and should be taken into consideration, for instance, like with Bella Luna. Um, and if uh, I noticed that there's no mention of any um, bike lane and so forth, I think the lane's probably not wide enough to add a bike lane because you have to make sure that it's wide enough to not be in the door zone, meaning bicyclists have room to stay in the bike lane. When someone suddenly opens a door, they shouldn't have to go out of the lane to swerve around it. I don't know if you're aware, but people hitting a door with a bike, um, that can be a fatal collision, not in hitting the door, but it typically throws the person on their back into the street. Better to put sharrows and remind people, drivers in particular, that bikes have the same right to use the middle of the lane, just like any other <laughs> any other driving use of that lane. So put that instead. All right, thank you. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you for your comments. Thank you for your work on the advisory. So some interesting comments there from the uh, bicycle folks about uh, you know cars backing up into them and stuff. Hey, they already have the sharrows. What more do they want? Well, we'll find out after the break. My name's Casey Steed, the voice of your valley on Merced's News Talk Station, 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. We'll be right back. Here we are, Saturday morning, April 23rd, 2022, the third and final segment of Citizen Watch. My name's Casey Steed, the voice of your valley. On Merced's News Talk Station, 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. Uh, let's get right back into the uh, comments by some of the council members in regards to the one-way direction change, I might add, on Main Street. That's right. It was going east to west. Or excuse me, west to east. <laughs> I have to get it straight. Uh, west to east. Now it's going to go east to west. It's going to go up towards O Street. It's going to be extended a little bit. They're going to do some uh, parallel parking. Lots of lots of different changes. You heard the presentation from Michael Beltran. Let's get into the balance of the comments. It uh, was approved. Uh, unanimously by the six members that were there just to give it away at the end. So here we go. Back to council for input and possible action. Any comments? Yes, I have a number of questions. Um, going on to the first question is, uh, I'm not going to be a fan of scramble crossing. I think I've seen <laughs> that in, in some of the uh, third world countries that 
there's no lights and they're just coming out and cars are so I'm I'm not going to be a fan of that. Now on the on the stalls for the ADL, we're going from t- we're going from 14 to 12. And now, what is the ADL stalls measurements are going to be? So the ADL. The ADA, AD, yes. The the ADA stalls. Um, I don't know the exact measurements of them right off the top of my head, um, but they are they are governed by the Americans with Disability Act, and they will be in accordance with with those guidelines. Uh, similar to what we did on on N Street. Um, you know, those are those are ADA stalls that that are put in by by uh, in accordance with the ADA uh, law, and and we will continue to abide by that. Okay. Thank you for. Uh information on ADA um, measurements for the stalls is important. Now, I have noticed that a lot of traffic has been slowing down lately on, on Main Street versus how it used to be the two-way. Uh, amazing. Uh, people are really taking their time, and that uh, serves a dual purpose as letting the people in the cars look at all the little shops and, and boutiques that we have that are hidden. Uh, one of them was a record store that I didn't even know existed there until I started slowing down and um, uh, looking at the different types of shops. Uh, the second one is um, concerning the bike uh, lanes and, and, and uh, the bike stalls. I haven't really seen a lot of bike in the stalls, to be quite honest with you, and I'm, I'm down Main Street every day. Um, not that we need them. I'm not saying that at all, but I haven't really seen a lot of people parking their bikes. I have seen uh, noticed an increase in electric bikes being parked uh, at some of the restaurants, but not really any bikes. And for the information concerning the safety aspects of opening doors and 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 uh, looking for uh, vehicles backing up, when I ride my bike, which has been a long time, uh, I drive defensively. I'm always on the lookout for cars, backing up, doors, objects in the road. So my, my best advice to the uh, uh, bike advisory committee and the people is to have them keenly aware of their surroundings and, and cars and, and, and uh, backing up and stuff. It's everywhere, so it's not going to be just on Main Street. Um, I'm supportive of this, supportive of, of, of what we're doing, uh, but I'm not supportive of the scramble crossing. It just It just puts our city just in a position that I don't think we should be at. So I, I think that's something that maybe we should really evaluate and, and um, look at more carefully. Other than that, uh, great idea. I'm probably going to have some questions uh, for you a little bit later during the um, council comments, uh, but thank you, sir. Thanks. All right. Anybody else? Mayor Pro Tem Blake. Thank you. Yeah, I agree. I don't think Merced's ready for the scramble crossing. We're still trying to figure out the regular crossing. Um, yeah, I think my original goal personally for this was to make downtown more walkable, uh, more pedestrian friendly. And I think we've accomplished that to a large degree. I agree with um, with that being said, um, I also don't want an environment where you know, it was to be walk or pedestrian friendly, but I don't want, you know, let's see how many cars we could fit and how many small parking spots we could throw in there just to cram everybody in. That's not the goal. The goal is for to be in my mind anyway, to be comfortable, uh, pedestrian friendly and, you know, decent sized parking spaces, uh, for people. This is again, Merced, a lot of trucks, a lot of larger vehicles. Um, a lot of people who may struggle at, at, uh, driving or parking perhaps, um, so I think we need to have plenty of space uh, for that. Um, so, but 
but yeah, but I like the I, I do like the updates and the changes. I think it's a good thing. I think the one way I know there's been some um, opponents of it, but I, I think overall it's been successful and it's accomplished the goals we originally set out to uh, accomplish. Next, yes, yeah, I, I'm in 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 agreement with with um, Mayor Pro Temp um, regarding you know the number of parking spaces. I think the less amount of parking spaces, the more pedestrian friendly it'll it'll be. Mike, um, I guess the question I have is: Are we is the one way still going to go in the same direction? No, it'll be it'll be opposite from what it is currently. Is there a reason for that? It was like a study done, right? Like, yeah. So, so not only not only is there is there the study. I mean, the study really can make it go either way in a in a safe manner. Um, I think one of the big things is is aesthetically, um, as you go down Main Street currently, if we were to extend that down to Martin Luther King Jr. Way, you would actually not see the face of say main place theater. Um, you wouldn't see the, uh, the, the real prime face of the, the old Merced theater. Um, the Playhouse Merced has also said that, um, that their sign is set up for the opposite direction also. So I think that's really a, a lot of what uh, you get it based on. I mean, from an engineering standpoint, we can make it safe either way. Um, it's just, as you look at it from an aesthetic standpoint, um, those signs, those signs and and standards are faced the other way thank you your business frontage also is conducive to that and so we took that into account in advising the study I, I, I kind of wish that we had done this in the very beginning because it's going to be a little confusing and actually i still have cars that are going right at me when i'm when i'm going in the right way but um no i think you're no, you, you're, you're right for sure yeah, yeah. That, that we should have people are going to get confused I think at the end of the day, the, Mike alluded to it at the beginning where, where the, the reason was to begin with, just with a short pilot where you know, we didn't want to do a pilot on the full project, which, you know, if people didn't like it, then we would have spent a lot of money for a bad experiment. So just kind of dip our toe in the water. And it seems, you know, we're getting 75, 80% positive feedback on this. So I think, you know, from the get go, it seems like it's been pretty popular. So maybe in retrospect, we should have done it the other way to start. But you know, here we are. I, I just think we didn't. I, us, you know, in the initial stages, didn't realize it would be controversial. Realized we didn't quite know how people would feel about it, but then, just at least my experience, been overwhelmingly positive from the beginning. So I trust that we're going to have like the adequate signage and, and all that and barriers to make sure that. Yeah, and with this not no longer being a pilot, we can make those things more yeah. permanent. No more portable, yeah. portable right. barriers. Right. I think that was the other struggle: is things were movable during the pilot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I, I work on Main Street, and I've seen a lot of wrong way cars. <laughs> Now, I want to quickly follow up on um, Mayor Pro Tem Blake's comment about uh, this, uh, how big the stall should be. Um, you know, I know you owe a, own a Duramax truck, so that's pretty big. I got, I got a Mustang, and I seen one of the smallest cars in my life at Walmart, which was a Honda. You know, there's all kinds of what, – what size are we looking at? What would be the norm? 12 feet 14 feet well, I think our I think our study provided us the standard norm yeah so so right now they're they're about they're about 14 they're about 14 and a half feet wide generally as you slant your 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 uh, stalls more your stall actually gets wider um, and and so we're at 40 degrees they're about 14 in between 14 and 15 feet wide uh, that is what the standard calls for um, right now currently on Main Street we're averaging about 12 foot wide so that's well, that's really really the big thing and I would just say you know 
right now we're looking at a minimum of 96 stalls. If you guys are fine with that, then we'll go with the current layout that's presented in the report. If you want more, just know that I have to shrink up stalls at that point. Are you, are you talking about 12 foot width or 12 foot length? 12 foot width. Width would be how the car diagonally gets in or Correct. wide. Correct. Wide. Yeah, wide. Yeah. The length, the length of the line is actually like 24 feet long. It's, it's a long line. Um, and that's based off of if you were to park at a 90 degree, your stall length is 20 feet. Um, so when you tilt it, you still want, you still want that same 20 feet out, but it takes a 24 foot diagonal line to get there. Councilman Boyle, do you have any comments? Yeah, I was going to say, Fernando, you should go out there and direct traffic when we switch it the other way. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Um, well, all of us can go out there. I mean, that'd be kind of fun. Um, so I agree with the parking stalls. There was comments made on Facebook, you know, people that have the extra wide trucks. Um, we do have a very truck friendly uh, community, so don't want to shrink the size of the parking stalls. Um, Something that some or someone brought this up to me and instead of pulling into the parking stalls, backing into them. No, no. I, I back into my parking spot, so I'm fine with that, um, because then if there's, you know, bike riders going um, down the street, you're already parked facing out to where you can see if there's any um, one riding their bike. Um, the um, oh, what is it called? The scramble, uh, the scramble. Yeah. If you look at the presentation, there's even a guy that says a shirt that says, ask me where to go. So um, I thought that was kind yep. of comical. But I've seen in downtown where they do the normal. <laughs> I've seen in downtowns where they've done the normal four crossings across, but then they'll do that X in the middle. So it's like they have the normal, you know, walk here, walk here. And then at like the very end, like all the crossings. So I don't know if that's even something that mm -hmm. we could potentially flirt with. I don't know. Um, let's see. And then um, the lights at M and Main, you know, when you're on M Street, the lights are all green on both ways. Is there a way that we can have it green on one side and it changes the green to the other so that people that do need to turn left, there's not that backup of waiting for the other cars to cross? Yeah, we can we can definitely definitely look at that as we're because you're on northbound M, you'd be turning left onto uh, westbound Main. Yes, right. Um, and I mentioned the whole bike friendly. Um, I think that's very important. Um, and if we are taking up bike parking, um, I don't want that. And then I do remember the initial conversation we had about having like timed parking, like more timed parking. I don't know if that was in the study or not um, for like 10 or 30. Um, so I just wanted to mention that. So time parking, we will, we're going to consult with the business owners. Um, obviously we can't time everything, um, but we will, we will consult with the business owners so that we can have some more timed parking um, where it's needed. For instance, if, if it's a shop that generally you run in and get food and come out, then maybe we put some time parking there. Um, it will be limited, but, but there will be conversations with the business owners as we move through the design phase uh, on time parking and that'll all have to get uh, codified in, in the municipal code. We we already have time parking in front of uh, Coffee Bandit by the uh, by the mm -hmm. theater, and that was only for thirty minutes. And if you go into Coffee Bandit, you're not going to spend thirty minutes there. I mean, you're going to spend at least forty five or an hour mm -hmm. enjoying a good cup of coffee and uh, talking politics with your friends. So uh, you know that's 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 something that we have to maybe yeah. look at. Sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not before us today, but I think you know certainly something to consider in the near future. Uh, any other comments? Delray, any comments from you? 
Yeah, thank you, Mayor. Mine will be very brief. Uh, just in summary, I'm in large support of this. I think it uh, we've accomplished what we set out to do, right? Make it more walkable, uh, increase safety, and increase parking. I think that this does that. Um, I'm a little bit indifferent, probably more leaning towards no on, on the scramble. I don't so much worry about the people. I worry about the mayor. He's largely yeah. confused as it is in life. Uh, and so that's the last <laughs> that's the last issue we need uh, in the middle of the roadway. So for there, I don't agree with that. Uh, but no, largely. And, and great job. And thank you for all the work. The target for all the dumbest jokes. <laughs> So Delray Shelton making a little joke at the mayor's expense, easy to do, about the pedestrian scramble and uh, how hard that may be for some folks to navigate. That was taken out of the final vote, I believe. A little uh, too uh, progressive for the city of Merced. Anyway, we're going to cover more of the city council meeting in the 8 o'clock hour, probably go into the bonus half hour at 9 o'clock. Unfortunately, we're out of time for this segment of Citizen Watch. My name's Casey Steed, the voice of your valley. On Merced's News Talk Station, 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. Love each and every one of you. I couldn't do it without you. I really could. You mean more to me than you know. I'll see you later.